Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. We're going to continue last week's message entitled very creatively, but simplistically, The Test. The Test. So um, the test is, is what? Well, the test is... Man, everything's a test. You were tested at work today. The kids tested you. Your man tested you, if you have a man. Your woman, your wife tested you. The finances tested you. The heat tested you. Have you noticed people act up when, they're, when it's hot sometimes? I remember growing up and my mom was like, I don't know if it's his heat, but I'm about to whip all of y'all. It She'd say, and I was a big instigator. My parents knew it. Dad always said that. He said, I, I don't know how you were involved, but I know you instigated this. I'm all. I thought I started it. I'm all. Started what? But who knows? But yeah, I mean, the heat is a test. The cold is a test. Life is a test. Let's go to Proverbs 17.3. However you look at this verse, this is powerful because it, it says what it says. We discussed this in Bible study last night. If, if it's God directly or indirectly testing you, however you read this, this is powerful because it says, Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Your heart's getting tested all the time. Your heart's getting tested all the time. Um, <laughs> I, mentioned, I mentioned it in uh, my Connect group last night about uh, Monday night. I, I don't think I passed a test with flying colors it was 11 p.m., numerous days after 4th of July, and lo and behold, our neighbors started popping the largest fireworks known to man, apart from the industrial-sized ones, and they were big, and they were loud, and we have an 80-pound dog that tries to crawl down into our shirts or into our noses or into our ears. She's huge, and she doesn't know what to do with herself because she's scared of the fireworks, and it was late, and I could have done better with that test. I may have passed, but it might have been a, a good, strong C. I don't know. But God is faithful. I actually went to talk to the neighbors. You know, I didn't yell at them or anything, but it just stirred me up. It even messed with my sleep. I was so mad. <laughs> but uh, God is faithful, and there are tests here and there. There are tests. It, wiser people than me have said my whole life, everything's a test. Everything's a test. You remember the, the test on the radio, right? Doop. This is a test. Is to be on the TV when we were kids. I don't know that they do that anymore on direct TV and all the streaming devices. They're just not... But it's a test. The Lord tests the heart. I find it interesting that the last part of that verse is close on the heels of fire tests the purity of silver and gold. Fire. You ever been in a test and you felt like you were under fire? Or getting shot at? Or in the midst of a, a furnace like, like Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Say, man, I feel like I'm in the fire right now. I wasn't expecting this today, right? We, we mentioned that. Sometimes there's pop quizzes. Sometimes there's situations you say, man, I, I wasn't ready for this. And I believe, I believe next week we're going to talk some more about that. Why tests are unpassed is because sometimes we are unprepared. Every day of your life is, is a time to prepare for the next test. You're either in a test or you, let's say this. Let me start over. Rewind. You're either coming out of a test, you're in a test, or you're getting ready for a test. 
All right? And tests are trials, tribulations, hard times. I mean, you just, you just got to trust God that the test is going to work on you, improve you. You got to respond humbly and you'll grow and improve. So what can I get from being tested? Last week we said, number one, lessons learned. You learn stuff from the test. Now, you guys know how it was in school. Technically, we're supposed to learn stuff before the test, but we've all learned stuff finally by the test before, right? You got the test handed back to you, and it was all written in red. I've had tests handed back, really, and I was a pretty good student, but I've had a few tests handed back to me in my life that I was like, I don't remember writing in red. There were so many marks on it. Oh, my gosh. They just... They didn't like anything I turned in. I did not do great on this test. Well, sometimes with tests, you can have lessons learned. And tests and trials of life are great teachers. I could do that better. I won't do that again. I'm going to do this a different way. Let's go to Philippians 4.12. I'm going to go over a few of these, and then we'll, we'll get into some new points. Philippians 4.12. The Apostle Paul said, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. Isn't that amazing? He says, I have learned. Isn't that powerful? I have learned. I have learned the secret of living in every what? In every situation. He had to learn. You learn through the tests and the trials. Every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. I love this verse, don't you? One translation says, I can do all things through Christ. This one says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The King James says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ. That's powerful. You learn from the test. You learn from the test. Have you ever actually told somebody, I'll never do that again? Have you done that? I don't know how many times I've told my wife since I've been married, Wow, that was no fun, but boy, I sure learned a lot. Mental note, I'll never forget that. If I have to write that on the wall to remind myself a sticky note or something, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that. What did George Bush say one time? George W. Bush? He had some great quotes. Cause he's one of my favorites. I, I saw a calendar one time, and it was Bushisms. But I think he said one time, I, I liked him, but he was funny when he talked. He was wise, and he was a pretty good leader, but, and not everybody liked him, but he had one saying. What did he say? What did he say? Um, you fooled me once. What did he say? Yeah, he said, he's, no, here's what George W. Bush said. He said, you fooled me once. Shame on you. You fooled me twice. You're not going to fool me again. <laughs> That's pretty deep. Mr. President, you fooled me once, shame on you. You fooled me twice. You ain't going to fool me again. I thought, I, I think you messed up that saying. But he had a valid point, right? He, <laughs> he made up his own saying and it worked. Just a whole calendar of those things. You learn stuff. You learn stuff from life's tests. Okay? You do. And I don't know why. I don't know why this is. I wish we all just learned from hearing it from someone wiser than us. But, and I remember being young, a lot younger, half my age now, and going, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to listen, and I'm going to, but man, so many times I had to learn through pain. 
Maybe that's just me in here. Maybe I'm all alone on that one. But And it's foolish, but that's most people just learn how? The hard way. They do. Don't be around him. He's trouble. Mm-hmm. Don't be around her. She's trouble. Don't. I wouldn't do that. I remember mom and dad warned me about credit cards. Now, what did I do, man? I turned 19, and I secretly got a credit card. That thing was like, it was like satanic, man. I maxed that thing out so quick. Maybe it wasn't so quick. I don't know how, but it seemed like it took me forever. To, and then I did another one again. I just, just you burned me once, right? <laughs> I, I almost was like, I, I burned me once. I'm going to burn me again. It was so stupid, but I learned my lesson, all right? Sometimes you got to use a credit card here or there, but, man, I hate credit cards. I really do. I learned, I learned, I learned. So you learn lessons through the test. And when you've learned lessons, that's lessons learned, it gives you wisdom. Look at point two tonight. We got into this last week, and, man, there's just so much to talk about with this. There's so much life here. We, uh, we had a gentleman join us at our Connect group last night. We're on kind of a different schedule from the ladies. Um, sometimes women's, ladies' summers are just crazy with the kiddos and everything, and, and the ladies flourish, and, and connect groups are going to they're gonna reboot here in August. But um, we had last night for the first time in our connect group, I think there's three of us who meet regularly, and we're in our 40s. Well, we had a gentleman join us last night, and then another gentleman, he's probably in his 40s, but then one of the guys that showed up was 75. It's amazing the wisdom somebody that age brings to the table. We were talking about some stuff, and I mentioned, you know, how I didn't completely pass the test, and I felt so young. I felt so young when he turned to me and wisely said, well, what could you have done differently? (laughs) I said, man, man, that is a great question. This man was married to the same woman for 38 years. She's crossed over and went to heaven. He has kids and grandkids. And he has some lessons that he's learned from life. You know, I feel like the American culture has it backward. Because all over the world, you get into different cultures, and the leader and the cool one is the really, really, really old lady, the really, really, really old man. They've glorified youth so much in America now and tried to stay young. And I feel like, man, there's something parallel spiritually with that because there's so much foolishness even at older ages in the United States. You watch people's lives and even famous people, and you're like, man, that's crazy. They, they just never learned or whatever. But I will say as a whole, with decent people, the older they get, the more they know and the more they can impart, and it's powerful. I still, I still am interested in some things that my grandfather Treadwell, my granddad, my grandpa imparted to me 30 years ago. I'm still interested in biblical archaeology. I'm still interested in languages. I'm still interested in hunting. I don't do do it much by myself. But Grandpa and them were country. They would hunt squirrels. But he had so many great stories and so much wisdom to share. This is a little side note, but Grandpa told us a story one time. I don't know if he saw it happen or his secondhand information, but he said he had a friend that would bully this is going to be a tongue twister. He would bully a billy goat. He would mess with the goat. And he was on the edge of a river, I guess, where he had the goat pen. 
and he would show off to his friends. And I don't know that this is wisdom, but maybe you can just say, I'll never do that. I'll never play with a billy goat. But grandpa's friend or one of his acquaintances said, man, watch this. Look at what I get to do with this. I can get this goat to fall in the river every time. So what he would do, he would bully the goat. And he'd mess with him and get him mad and try to get the goat to butt him, right? Because goats, what do they do? They put their head down and try to hit you. And it hurts. Has anybody ever been hit by a goat in here? Not a lot of ranchers in here. All right, maybe one or two. I think I got hit in the leg one time by a goat. I think. But, well, this, look at the wisdom here. Just simply put, don't ever try this at home. But what happened was this guy would mess with the goat and he would duck. And the goat would go sailing over him and fall into the river. It's pretty mean, but it sounds pretty funny, too. I know all the sweet ladies in the house did the same thing. I saw several of you went, oh, my gosh. Are you for real? Yes. And so he would, he would bully the billy goat and then duck, and that thing would go flying over his head. Well, guess what? When he was showing off to my grandpa or grandpa's brother, I'm not sure, he was messing with the billy goat, and he tried to duck. Well, guess what? There was some straw growing. And as he ducked, actually two pieces of straw went up his nose and prevented him from fully ducking. So the billy goat knocked him into the river. True story. Isn't that awesome? You just can't make that stuff up. And some of you are looking at me like, wisdom? I would have never done that. That sounds so stupid. It's very entertaining to me. But I never, I never bullied animals. You know what I mean? I just never did. But that's one of the experiences Grandpa shared with me. He shared lots of other stuff with me, too. Made me laugh. Things I've learned, things I've been able to apply and repeat in a sermon. I have some of his notes, and he talks about his spiritual father. So cool, man. My, my Grandpa was uh, maybe my skin tone, maybe a little slightly darker, but he was... He accepted Jesus, I believe, after his mama's funeral. She died young. And his spiritual father, he called him daddy, was a black man from near Houston, Texas. And such wisdom, I thought, such wisdom that his spiritual father, whom he referred to as daddy, he said that he was getting ready to go become a minister, and he wanted to become a minister of the gospel, my grandpa Treadwell. And he said that daddy told him, son, You know, you're a good Christian, but I think people will listen to you better as you go into the ministry if you'd stop smoking. (laughs) What great wisdom. Wisdom for life. what, What message did I get out of that? I've never been a smoker or had to overcome that. I've had to overcome other things. But what wisdom for life did I get out of that when I heard that story from Grandpa Treadwell? Well, if you're going to go into the ministry, people are going to watch your example. And Grandpa was a stellar example. I mean, to the point, I remember when he was old and partially paralyzed, he was nearing 90, and my Grandma Treadwell, some of y'all had the privilege of knowing Grandma Treadwell. She was persnickety. She was wonderful. She was a sweet lady, good lady, but she was something else. And she said, she said, you know what, hon? She said, your granddaddy, she said, he's the best Christian I've ever known. I said, that's powerful, Grandma. She goes, but now he lies. (laughs) I said, he does? I'll never forget this. 
she was sitting at the table and she goes, oh yeah, he's a good Christian, but he lies now. He tells me that he's going to shave and he doesn't. <laughs> I said, Grandma, he <laughs> I'm thinking, he had a stroke several years ago. He doesn't feel like doing anything. But I learned so much wisdom from that man. So many things, so many, so, so, ah, I could just go all night. But wisdom, experience is a great component of wisdom. And when you've had lessons learned, you can translate those into wisdom because wisdom is less, wisdom is lessons and knowledge applied. Okay? Once you've experienced things in the test, you can use what you've encountered and learned for your benefit and for others. And wisdom comes from actual experience or listening to someone else's experience. And we've got to do more of that. Wisdom, I believe, leads to number three tonight, patience. Patience. Sometimes this word is used interchangeably in different biblical translations with the word endurance. You can handle a lot. Patient, you can be patient or you can, you can endure a lot. Let's go to Romans 5.3. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. <laughs> really. For we know that they help us develop what? Endurance. One translation says patience. I, I always hated, I don't know why I liked sprints. Maybe it's because I was impatient. How interesting. I was always impatient. I loved sprints, and I was always quick on my feet. I've never been a big guy. And I remember thinking, man, if we can do a sprint, I can just beat most of these people and I can get the prize. I'm quick. I like the sprint. But I remember in PE at a young age, I hated long distance running. It made me feel sick. It's like my breath tasted different as I was running. It's just like, am I coughing up blood? Oh, my gosh, you're killing me. I just hated it. I hated long distance. And there were others. I, as they were enduring, they just seemed so patient. They would run. And I... I was like, golly, they were almost smiling as they ran. I was never first in the long distance, but I was like, you wait till the 40-yard dash or 50-yard dash. I'm going to smoke all y'all. I'm, I'm just quick, but a burst of energy. But these guys were, they had stamina and endurance and patience. Life is not a sprint. It's not. It's a marathon. I think it's more, it's a double marathon. One verse says, the race is not given to the swift, the quick, or the strong, but for those who persevere until the end, those that have patience and endurance. You know what I've always loved? Through lessons learned and, and gaining some wisdom, my naturally foolish self, and gaining a little bit of patience here and there, it's amazing when people tell me, man, how are you so patient? I'll go to the doctor's office and I can just wait forever. There's some things that just don't bother me. I can just wait. That doesn't even seem to be my personality, but I've developed it. But I love, I love being able to walk through life and go, you know what? I didn't have to force that. I didn't have to force that because I've, I've forced some things. Anybody in here, you forced stuff and it was the wrong thing because you were impatient. But when you're patient, oh, man. I feel like God can really speak to you when you're patient. I feel like God can really use you when you're patient. And remember, your patience, I believe it's tied to your wisdom. There's lessons learned, and then there's wisdom, and then there's patience. Patience. <laughs> the whole world is impatient, 
They want everything now. Have you ever noticed that? The whole world is impatient. Have it today. Have it right now. That's why credit cards are problems sometimes, huh? <laughs> That's why people get married in Vegas after knowing each other a week, right? I want it now. Man, that's always been a nightmare to me. I thought, man, can you imagine showing up in Vegas and Elvis is presiding over your, your wedding or whatever? I don't know. Maybe that's just in the movies. I'm like, oh, my gosh. People just like, what, what was the song that Johnny Cash sang? He said, we got married in a fever. Hmm. That's crazy. We got to practice patience. But, yeah, patience comes from <laughs> tribulation. Let's look at that verse again, Romans 5.3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance or patience. Another verse says tribulation. Tribulation works patience. You know what? Let's see that one in the King James Version if you would, Jessica. If that's not too much to ask. That wasn't on the docket there or the list. What does that one say in the King James? I have a sneaky suspicion about this verse. Let's see what Romans 5.3 says in the King James. When you're patient, I believe when you're patient, you're easier to deal with. <laughs> Is that deep? I believe you're, when you're patient, you can deal with other people's stuff, but you, you're also easier to deal with. Oh, Yeah. Okay, we got a new King James. Okay, then that, that was my sneaky suspicion, Jessica. That's exactly right. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. King James Version says, Tribulation worketh patience. So, oh, there it is. Look at that. Tribulation is a trial or a test. You're going through something. You're going through a hard time. You feel like you're out in tribulation working out in the sun, huh? Uh-huh. When you go through stuff, though. My mom used to quote this verse so much, it was irritating. I remember when I was a kid, a teenager, she's like, tribulation worketh patience. And she quotes quote the whole thing. I was like, oh, mom, I don't even, I don't want to be in a tribulation. I don't want to go through this. She goes, uh-huh, and see how impatient you are? <laughs> but you'll be more patient when you get to the other side of this. So wisdom leads to patience and endurance. And patience and endurance, I believe, is a sign of and can also lead to, number four tonight, maturity. Maturity. You know, back in your dating days, maybe. Maybe you went on a date with somebody who was extremely good looking, but then when they started to talk and you saw how immature they were, it was such a turnoff. Or have you ever been around someone who seemed so charismatic and cool, but then you started to see their immature side and your, draw, your jaw dropped? You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how immature they are. You know, some things just can't be taught. They have to come through lessons learned and wisdom and patience for you to arrive at maturity. You just can't, just can't be taught some things. You, you can be taught some things and others you can't. Maturity, I believe, comes from experience and going through stuff. Maturity, I like that. Maturity. I had lots of talks about that with my mom and, and dad over the years. And you deal with someone, you go, man, they're... They're a good person, but man, they're so immature. They're just causing a mess around themselves because they're, they're immature. Let's go to James 1-2. Let's read a few verses there. The test, though, can lead to maturity. 
If you don't fight against it, don't buck. Don't try to buck the test and, oh, I'm not going, I'm not going to do this and I'm going to fight this. No, relax in the test. Let God teach you something through it. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. How crazy is that? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow or your patience, right? So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete. Another translation of the word uh, perfect is you will be mature. Perfect and complete, needing nothing. That's a well-balanced, well-rounded individual. When you are, Scripture says perfect, the trans, a better translation is mature. Mature, okay? So the test gives us lessons that we learn from. Sometimes we just have lessons and we don't pass them when we're stuck in step one. But if we'll learn from our lessons that the test gives us, then we get wisdom and patience and then maturity. Can you imagine if you came to, to see me as a pastor and I go, yeah, you know what, let's meet. I'll help you out with that. I'm going to counsel you on that. God really has some wisdom for you. Let's meet. And I meet with you as a couple or you individually, and you come into my office and you catch me sucking my thumb. Or I don't listen. The whole time we're talking, I'm staring off in outer space because I'm distracted, or I'm singing a song, or talking like a baby. You would think that was the strangest thing in the world. You couldn't get much done if I was that immature. In the same way in life, if we don't let the test bring maturity, man, I, I don't even know exactly how to phrase this, but why keep living that way? Why not allow God to impart wisdom to you and patience and maturity through the test? Don't fight against the test. Don't do it. I have, but you're still in the test. And I know this as a fact. It's not fun. It's not fun. But we're in the test. And I know God has been laying this on my heart for a few weeks, even before I preach this message tonight. Man, he brings maturity and growth through the test. I was talking with someone today, and I said, man, it brings change, too. And I've seen the change through the test. Wow, praise God. Everything's a test. Some of you have lost parents and family members. And even in the last year, year and a half, I think in the last Two years, there's been several of us in here that have lost family members. They've crossed over to the other side. Man, it was a test. It was hard. And it's, we're still in the test. And we're going through it. And some have, have gone through other situations. But I'm telling you right now, God has your best interests in mind. Don't you forget that, okay? Don't you dare forget that. God has your best interests in mind. Even when you're going through the test. Man, remember, let's go back to Proverbs 17.3, and I'll wrap it up with this. Proverbs 17.3. Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Your heart is being tested all the time. Why? Because your motives and your heart, who you are deep inside, that's, that's what matters to God. You know what God told Samuel, the prophet, when he went to anoint? He didn't know he was going to anoint King David. He went to anoint him, and he saw the first, the oldest of Jesse's sons, and he was tall and striking and probably handsome, he said, wow, surely the Lord's anointed stands before me. And you know what God told him? God said, man looks on the outward appearance. Man looks on the outward appearance. See, God's concerned with the heart. You guys remember being told that as a kid? Your parents going, 
hey, looks aren't everything. That's true. Ask my wife. She, I don't think her life's dream was to marry a bald man. I really don't. Maybe the guy, I don't know. I mean, she loves me. She tells me I'm handsome and stuff, but she just, and I just tell her, we tell each other this. I'll brag on her and tell her something, or she'll tell me something, and we're just like, I'm just like, you just love me. <laughs> you just love me. God gave me what you need and vice versa. God gave you what I need, and we love each other. But, man, there's so much more than how we look on the outside. God is more concerned about what's going on on the inside with us. That's why the test the test, the test, the test. Frustrating, too. Tests can be frustrating, but relax and rest during the test. Let's pray tonight. Let's pray. Is there anybody in this house who has never made Jesus the Lord of their life? And you say, man, I don't know how to get through this test. Well, the first step really is making Jesus the Lord of your life. If you have not with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you tonight. You say, man, I want to accept Jesus and make him my Lord tonight. Is that anybody in this house at all? Does anybody need to make Jesus the Lord of their life? Anybody in here? That's so important. All right. Now here's what I'm going to pray for you right now. If there's folks in this house going through a test, God is going to give you grace and strength and perseverance and stamina and endurance to get through this test. I'm not even going to have you raise your hands tonight, but I know beyond the shadow of a doubt there's more than one person in this house going through a test. And God is going to bring you through this test, through this trial, and you're going to be better for it. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, I believe at least half of us in this room are going through a test. The rest are preparing to go through a test. That's, we, it kind of unnerves us to hear that but lord we're going through things but i know that you're working this out and you're with us and you're strengthening us and you're making us better through this and god give us grace and stamina through this test and in the test and for the test god because when we're done with this test we're going to be able to lift heavier in life because there's weights and there's burdens in this test but when we're done god it's like going to the gym in the physical realm Man, that weight isn't so heavy anymore because I've been working out, doing sets with this other weight. I can go up and wait now. The same way the test prepares us to be able to withstand and have harder, stronger muscles for the next test. I declare over you tonight strength, courage, endurance, hope, stamina, perseverance, and blessing and enlightenment. May God reveal himself to you and through you and in you in the midst of this test. I declare it tonight for everybody going through tests and those preparing to go through a test or those who have just been in a test because we're always one of the three. We're just coming through a test. We're in a test or we're about to start one and God is with you. He is for you and he lives in you. And I speak hope, joy, gladness, excitement, and revelation of God's word in you and for you in this season and in the next season. Thank you, Father. We worship you tonight. I break every attack of the enemy over the folks in this house, and I glorify you, God, over them and in their lives because you have something special in store for your people. You're preparing us for the next big thing, and it's going to be glorious and mighty and grand and great, and we thank you, Father. We trust you. We feel your presence. We know you're here, though, regardless of how we feel. We know you're here, and we thank you for it, and I give you glory tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen.